Hey everybody, welcome back to the Real Purpose of Life podcast. I'm your host, Wyatt Hubblethwaite, and I've got a special guest with me today. Uh, Robbie, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, it's, it's great to be here with you, Wyatt. Uh, my name is Robbie Nutter, and I am the director of Christian Challenge at Kansas State University. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you. I know you brought a crew down to OU for a vision trip, and man, I just wanted to steal some time with you and ask you some questions because I know you guys have a lot going on at K-State and man I think a lot of people would love to hear about what you're doing but first off just like give us a picture of what life looks like for you and tell us about your family what do you actually do sure so I was born and raised in Kansas I grew up going to Kansas State for sporting events and I went to school there um, got involved in the Christian Challenge ministry um, I really got a vision for discipleship there and giving my life away, and I've, I'm hooked and um, still there, and I love it. I've been doing that for over 20 years now. I've been married for 21 years, and we have three kids, three teenagers. Wow. So life's pretty full. Uh, <laughs> we have, we have a, a large staff team of about 12. And then we have an internship program that I oversee, and that's uh, we have 12 interns right now. So. Wow, that's awesome. So what does a typical day for you like look like? Mm-hmm. It, it depends on the day. So that's one thing I love about student ministry is that there's a, there's a variety of things. We don't have a, an office, so I always say my office is in my backpack. So wherever I am, if it's in the student union or in a coffee shop somewhere at my house, I just kind of carry it with me. Um, I uh, I meet with students a lot, and um, for discipleship, we have uh, students in our home a lot, small groups. Um, we we meet together as a staff to for prayer time and just to, to plan things, and then we have. Um, so typical day, we try to, to divide our day up in thirds. That's what I ask our staff to do, and to, to, to work two of the three thirds. So either morning and afternoon, or morning and evening, or afternoon and evening. So if I'm doing, if we're having people in our home and, and our evening is going to be spent with students, I'll try to go home in the afternoon and get with the kids, uh, play some ball or something. Yeah. Um, so try to rest up for the evening. <laughs> cool. Well, awesome. Well, it's always, you know, exciting to learn how people were called into ministry and doing what they're doing now because it's not the, you know, beaten path for everyone. And I was just curious for you, Robbie, how did you end up where you are now? And did you just wake up one morning and be like, oh, I've, I've got it figured out? Or was it a series of oh, fortunate circumstances? That's a long, that's, I don't, that's a, so I didn't have a moment. Okay. I felt called. I I um I was kind of confused because I grew up in church and and loved it. I had a good upbringing and um a lot of older people in my church would send me notes and pat me on the back and say you're going to be make a great pastor someday or you're going to be a great leader in the youth group someday. And then I when I started having desire to do that, I kind of had this game in my mind where I was confused, is that God, or is that just Mm -hmm. what other people have said, or is it both? And um, when I was graduating from college, the director at the time, Bob Anderson, invited me to stick around for a year to continue in the ministry and help, and I thought, well, I can commit to a year. So I did that, and then I um, 
went overseas mm -hmm. for a couple of years with my wife. Okay. And we did college ministry overseas, and that really kind of confused me because when we came home, <laughs> yeah, they so we were seeing students come to Christ, and they didn't have the option of doing, and, and the country we were in, they couldn't do ministry mm -hmm. like as a profession. So I felt kind of guilty, but that's even even though that's where my heart was. So right. So it took me a while, and I think um, one uh, Exodus three is always played a role in me thinking about my calling because okay when Moses asks God at the burning bush um, how will I know you know that this is that you're you're in this that you're asking mm -hmm. this, even though he's standing you know in front of this bush that's on fire right um, God says when you you know after you've delivered the Israelites and you worship me on this mountain that's how you'll know and I remember reading that thinking Moses had this incredible encounter with God, but even right. he didn't get off the hook. Because God, <laughs> God said, you'll know mm -hmm. after you followed me in obedience. And I just, I wrote in my Bible, I think I was in college or just out of college, like, even Moses had to walk by faith. Mm -hmm. And so I, I've always kind of thought a lot of times, for me, realizing God's call in my life, that the, the, the assurance has kind of come like after I've kind of stepped out in faith. So I just kind of do one year at a time, and um, and I've had a couple of moments along the way where I felt like God has really affirmed, this is what I want for you. Right. But it didn't really happen. It just kind of gradual process, like what what's God, the, the desire she's put in my heart and the gifts he's given me and the opportunity to perform me. Wow. So. Man, that's incredible because so many people are waiting for that sign, like, am I in the right place? Am I supposed to do this? But you said, man... God will, in your life, he said, go for it and you'll know when you've, when you've right, done it. Right, right. I think, yeah, I, I think there's some things that are really clear. Mm -hmm. And then I think there's some things, if we're doing the really clear things, I think we have some freedom to do what we, you know, what God puts on our heart and his desires to do. So. That's awesome. Well, cool. Well, you are a part of K-State. What does, like, the structure of your ministry look like? You know, now that God has called you out of the crowd, right, to step into this role, what does what is the college ministry itself look like? How does it function? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the a tagline we say is okay. we, we have to keep getting smaller. So <laughs> as, as, and, and our ministry has grown pr pretty large, mm -hmm. and so we keep saying as we grow larger, we have to grow smaller. Um, so we have... Uh, our presence on campus, when, when people hear the word challenge or Christian challenge, they think of our, we have a meeting on Thursday night in yeah. the student union um, in the, the movie theater, and we um, we have a great event there every week. Mm -hmm. And um, and then we have a small group. We have about 100 or so students that are small group leaders, and they'll be leading Bible studies in uh, dorms and houses and fraternity sororities. Um, those usually happen on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Yeah. Right. And then each of those leaders is assigned to somebody on staff or a staff, a couple people on staff. We have them in our home for ministry teams mm -hmm. where we just try to encourage them, pray together, and talk about what are you what are you dealing with in your group and how can we help you and kind of spur them on. And we try to meet with those uh, leaders in discipleship one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two mm -hmm. as well throughout the week. Um that's kind of our week, re, weekly rhythm. We have a fall conference um, and a spring break conference, uh, a okay. spring break retreat. So we have one big 
out of town event every semester as well. Okay. Cool. How does that like big out of town event impact your ministry there? Is it like one of the key components or is it something you do because you just need to get your students out of town? What is that for you? Yeah. Um, they're, they're key components. I mean, we, we say no to a lot of things we could do mm-hmm. and we decided a long time ago, let's just do two mm-hmm. and let's do them really well. Um, the fall conference is a weekend deal about five weeks into the semester where we are trying to get a lot of new students to, hey, let's have fun, let's take this trip out of town, and, and um, uh, we don't sleep a lot that weekend, there's a lot of content, a lot of fun. Yeah. Then spring break is more of a real retreat. There's a lot of downtime. Okay. We go to Colorado, we're up in the mountains, mm-hmm. and that's where, um, that's everybody that goes, it's their favorite. And we get pretty good. You know, if we have like 500 students in our ministry, we'll get yeah. about 200 of them that'll go to Colorado for their spring wow. for their retreat. That's they, a they great turnout. Yeah. That's really cool. Oh, I wanted to ask you a question also. Um, you know, this is not something that a lot of people do for at college ministry. Do you have like a sphere of people in your life that also do college ministry with you that like encourage you and like affirm what you're doing or how do you find you know, a community that that kind of understands what you're doing because yeah, right. those who do college ministry are somewhat like outliers we're not right. pastors we're not youth ministers we're not working at seminaries I uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah i used to always get nervous when i'd go like when i first started in student ministry because, okay um, i was spot in hmm. uh, so bought in and, and so for me you know and i raised support and yeah and for me, for years, my wife and I, we just, a month at a time. So if, if we had enough money to pay the bills and stay on campus, we celebrated. And like mm-hmm. a year and a month. And, but uh, for my count, people my age that didn't do that, I always thought they didn't quite understand what I was doing. And yeah. I always just felt so weird mm-hmm. and um, nervous and unsure of myself. That <laughs> then I'd come back and be around the staff where we start praying for students. And I just feel like, oh, this is home. That, right. you know, and it felt normal and yeah I have some friends and, and I've been doing it long enough it just gets easier yeah. because I've built friends in this community that um, that in the rhythm of college ministry you see each other now and then it's encouraging and now I've been doing it long enough to where people that I used to feel uncomfortable with they're having kids that they're sending to college and now they look at me and, and not that they ever look down at me but I just felt <laughs> like you know now yeah. they look at me like, I'm so glad you're there. Uh-huh. Can you, like, look in on my son or daughter when they're at college? And so now I feel, I feel more affirmed and, like, important right. to these counterparts. So That's awesome. Yeah, having an awesome staff to work with you does, you know, make a world oh, yeah. of difference. I'm a big fan of team, doing things as a team. Hmm. So, Robbie, you talk to me about some of the mentors you've had in your life who have invested in you. And cast a vision for your life, making disciples. You know, how has that you know looked like over the past years, and um, what are some really people who impacted you, and how did they do that? I know that's a lot bundled up in one question, yeah. but well, you no, know, I mean the first person that comes to mind is is Bob Anderson. Okay, and he was the director of Challenge for forty one years. Wow, and I've had a lot of guys. I've been really blessed to have a lot of guys to look up to that. Um, Bob just has just been so faithful with me. And that's the thing, is I 
it's hard. It's, it'd be hard to write a real like step by step process like book based on what Bob did with me. Mm -hmm. I can just tell you that when I was with Bob, I felt loved every time. I felt seen, and um, he just focused on basic loving God, and he would share vulnerably about his own life. Mm -hmm. And and for me as a young college student, see this older man talking about his struggles and. Yeah his longing for God, like, it just, like, slayed me, it's like, and I would go home from my times with Bob, and like, where's my Bible, like, I want to know Jesus, like, he knows Jesus, and so I was, and, and even, here I am, I've got three teenagers at home, I'm in my mid-40s, and he's, I still look, like, anytime I have a problem, like, hey, hey, Bob, you know, we'll get together and talk, yeah, um, I've been down here with, with you this weekend. He's probably texting me five times saying, praying for me. You know, how's it going down there? And uh, really praying for your time. So, so I don't, I, it's hard to say what it's looked like other than him just sharing his life with me. The, in one word, I'd say faithfulness. Yeah. And um, just always pointing me back to abiding in Christ. I remember one time, as a, I think I was in college, maybe just out. Mm -hmm. And I got a new study Bible. Okay. And so I was fired up. I'm like, I'm going to be academic now. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out my theology. And I, and we went out to breakfast early, like probably Saturday morning early. And he he bought me breakfast. And I said, Bob, look at this study Bible I got. And I hand it to him. And uh, he looks at it. And he looks it over. And he's like, Oh, it's the Holy Bible. That's my favorite kind. And he hands it back to me. And he's like, So how's your quiet time? You know, how's your wife? You know. Uh -huh. He just wants to know me, and it, that's him. Right. Like, just simple, and just, are you loving God? Are you abiding in the vine? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Sounds like a good mentor. Great. Great. Cool. People are all, all over the world are different because of him. It's true. That's true. That's one of the, the perks of discipleship is, not only is it effective, it has generations of impact. Yeah. I mean... I mean, looking back to what Max did on OU's campus and investing all these guys that went all over the world, um, you and I are both results of what right. Max did right. long ago. Mm -hmm. So we wouldn't even, that's just, just awesome. It gets me Very excited cool. thinking about that. Um, last, the last uh, big question I wanted to ask you is, you know, sometimes people get really like worked up and like, you know, what do I want to do? And I don't know if I can do that because I'm not good at this or I should do this because I am good at that. Well, I ask you, like, what are your biggest strengths and biggest weaknesses in what you do? And, I mean, you're a sharp guy. I imagine you crafted your team to help help your uh, yeah. ministry thrive despite of all those things. Yeah, that, that, that's such a hard question for me <laughs> to answer. Um, I think that uh, my weaknesses are easier to see for me. I struggle with um, administ keeping up with administrative things. Okay. And, um, that's, and then, I, then I get to beating myself up if I forget about an email or something mm -hmm. like that. And, and maybe I've got too much that I'm trying. I, I, li I like vision and getting ideas and so that, that and then I'm like, hey, I'm I, yes to this and yes to this <laughs> and then I'm like, got to respond and right. Know, um, I think that God has have, has given me some gifts in encouraging people and um, building community and um, 
I love that. I love having fun with our staff, and um, I love loving them. I love speaking courage into them, speaking vision into them. Um, I think even as a so part of my role is 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 teaching, you know, speaking to groups. Mm-hmm. And I think even my favorite part of that is the encouragement part, like right. the, the um, you can do this, you know, and, <laughs> and like like this is what's really real. The most real thing right now in the world is that the kingdom of God is advancing. You have to know that, you know, yeah, yeah. your life. And so I think you've, that that even is what that um, casting vision and saying saying, come on, pat you on the back, let's go. I think that's kind of how God's wired me. So being a student ministry sitting across the table with a student and saying, this is what I tell students all the time, you know, God loves you and I have a plan for your life. Because <laughs> I just love to say, here's what I, here's what I see in you and, and I know that this feels really big to you, but you're, you can, you know, um, God's going to see you through mm-hmm. and um, like I could see you playing this role in the future and you, you know, you can do it. I love just to cast vision and encourage. That's awesome. Well, awesome. I, I wanted to close with, um, I guess, a couple questions about, you know, I've heard the, the saying that um, leaders are big readers. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you um, if you had been reading anything recently that has really spoken to you. That's a great question. So I'll, a little backstory on me. I, I grew up in a real blue collar family and reading was not really a priority at all. Um, my dad would kind of brag about his goal his senior year of high school was to never take a book home, and so that was became my goal. Uh-huh. You know, and and uh, so then I got into college, start walking with God, and and I'm told if you're going to be a leader, you need to read. And so reading is something for me I've had to really work at. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, I read, but it's really um, it's a discipline. Yeah, for me. But but then when I read, I I, I, I love it, you know, kind of like the runner's <laughs> high, I guess I have the reader's high. Right. Um, what I've been reading recently, I, I love uh, Hudson Taylor, mm. and um, this summer I picked up uh, volume two of his, um, uh, one of his biographies, I read the first volume, and so I was reading The Growth of the Work of God, I think is the second volume, and I've been reading that some, and then... Um, I just started reading a, a book called Managing Transitions. Okay. And uh, trying to learn how to better help people be comfortable with change and excel with change. So I'm reading that right now. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Robbie. Um, I guess my, my final closing question is, what would you, you know, give advice to uh, young ministers out there trying to pursue God and, and lead people well? What would be... Um, something that's really helped you in your years of ministry that you would want people like like me working at OU to know? Well, what's on my heart since I sat down with you uh, that I'd say, I don't know if this is how much for me personally, but uh, uh, several years ago, our ministers thrived. Like from the outside, our ministers thrived. We had a ton of students coming every week to our weekly gathering. Mm-hmm. Got some really gifted people on stage, um, and then our uh, that Bob took a sabbatical, and he's gone, and uh, so some of his other guys are leading staff, and my best friend 
died of cancer. Um, my, um, we had like five deaths of close friends or family within our staff circle in the wow. semester, and we were hurting and tired and worn out and, and uh, you know, struggling with things we hadn't struggled with before, and the ministry began to feel flat. Mm-hmm. And we went from five or six hundred students a week coming to our meetings to about 150 in like one year. Wow. And so that, and then that made us feel even more flat. <laughs> and so we made a decision um, from that, like, we have to, and like, whatever we're doing, we have to invest in our leaders. We have to, to invest well in our leaders. And not just, not just, um, pat them on the back and say, go get it, you know, but we have to like love them, invest in them, make sure they're equipped. And so we made that decision and we've had some flat times as a staff since then, but our ministry has continued to go on with momentum Hmm. because of that decision 13 years ago of like, we need to, of all that we do in ministry, besides personal care, we need to put money and put energy and put uh, time and effort into doing this with excellence, investing in our leaders. So that's what I, I feel like that was such a game changing decision. Yeah. But not just the event and not just what people see, you know, externally, but not just fundraising or whatever else, it's the leaders. Yeah. Well, thanks, Robbie. I think that's really good advice. That's a joy. Thanks for. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's been fun having you on the show. And um, yeah, we look forward to you having a great trip. Thanks, man.